Bismillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhina astafa amma ba'd One of the qualities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has imbued human beings with is the quality of resilience or to be able to bounce back from disaster from trauma from adversity it means to adapt well in the face of serious health problems financial stress or emotional turmoil Being resilient doesn't mean you won't experience difficulty or distress. What it means is that you will be better able to cope with those challenges. <clears throat> And while some people tend to be more naturally resilient, it is a trait which can be strengthened by developing certain behaviors, thoughts, and actions. Today we will look in brief at how we can de- develop this and grow, develop and grow this particular character trait. The other day I was in Summerstrand at the South End Museum and outside in the parking area there's a glass sculpture which commemorates the forced removal of people from what was then South End that area which is today called Humewood and uh, Summerstrand that was called South End This was a bustling area of homes shops with people living there for several generations that sculpture itself it represents the old fig tree which one can still see extending across the road it survived the demolitions in the 1950s the group areas act of apartheid came into effect whole communities were uprooted when a certain area was declared for whites only you can imagine the devastation of apartheid and you can picture the devastation of apartheid when we look at the restrictions that came through because of the covid regulations not being allowed to travel through certain areas if you are a different race <clears throat> different skin color at certain times of the day and night using separate transport for different race groups we were stressed we were frustrated at being banned from the beach this was a 24/7 regular daily feature of apartheid where there were separate beaches for the different race groups so the community was ruthlessly uprooted and they had to relocate to new areas <clears throat> and this is how galvan came into being malaba came into being We went recently on a heritage tour with Buta Yusuf Akhadin who's a historian he knows the background of the Muslim history of Port Elizabeth and if you stand in the parking area of Pier Street Masjid that's the green masjid as you're coming into Yumwood Summerstrand Masjid Al Aziz you when you're standing in the parking area you come down the driveway that was actually a street that was Pier Street that extended all the way up across the highway what is today the highway and then there were parallel streets leading up to what was eventually Rudolph Street and then you got Rudolph Street Masjid up there this whole area in between was full of houses people communities and in other cities across South Africa it happened as well Fitas was in Johannesburg they were uprooted uh, there was a bustling and a lively culture and, and community in district 6 in Cape Town and they were also uprooted So they they were uprooted they had to be taken out or of these these established communities but what was commendable was the way that the community reacted to the loss of their ancestral homes and in some cases their livelihood they established thriving communities in the new areas they went in and today the grandchildren of these particular individuals can't even understand the concept of southern this was the quality of resilience of rebuilding from tragedy and what also stood out for us was the attachment the people had to the masjids great street masjid has been serving the community for over 170 years that's remarkable and some of the older people will also tell you they remember very fondly 
waiting for Taraweeh to end at Great Street so they could go down the road to get ice cream and root beer at a shop nearby. You see Pier Street there in South End in Summerstrand. You've got Rudolph Street Masjid. These two masjids stand as testament to the faith of the people because they survived the attempts at demolition by the apartheid government. And when the people had to be uprooted and be brought into these new areas like Malabar and Galvin, the masjid was one of the first things they built as a priority. So for believers, especially in these trying times when families have experienced multiple losses, when jobs and earnings have taken a knock, by October last year, South Africa had seen a loss of over 600,000 jobs. In fact, gross earnings had, had nosedived by 82 billion rand. The president mentioned last night one, something like 1.7 million jobs have been affected. In the UK, more than 395,000 people were made redundant from September to November 2020. We draw strength as Muslims from our faith, from our Iman. When Dawood and his troops faced the, the superior forces of Jalut, they prayed. They turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and prayed, Rabbana afrigh alayna sabra, our Lord, pour upon us patience, steadfastness, perseverance, wathabit aqadamana, and make our feet firm. Like a plant, the army of Dawood adapted to the situation and the rain of patience poured upon them and they once again stood firm. Mathalul Mu'min, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi tells us, The example of a believer, the likeness of a believer is like a fresh tender plant. Sometimes the wind bends that plant and then sometimes it makes it straight again. It, it adapts to the situation and it springs back. On the other hand, the person who is a hypocrite, he is like a pine tree, firmly rooted. The, the impact of these adverse conditions come upon it, doesn't move the tree. But then all of a sudden, there's one single uprooting and all of a sudden the tree has toppled. So we as believers, we, uh, we as the, like the wind, we adapt to the situation but then after that, we straighten up and we move on with our lives. Nabi Sallallahu mentioned an amazing hadith. There's no fatigue, no tiredness, no disease, no sorrow, no sadness, no hurt, no distress. In other words, no adverse situation, nothing adverse befalls a Muslim and comes upon a Muslim, even if it's just a prick of a thorn, except that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala wipes out some of his sins for that. Allah Azza wa Jalla in the Noble Quran consoles us with this slogan, Inna ma'al usri yusra, inna ma'al usri yusra. Most certainly, when there's difficulty, there is 100% guaranteed going to be ease after that. There are three types of people that worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One is the person who only worships when they are in a difficulty. Allah gives us the example uh, the people are traveling on the land and the sea. They are sailing with a good wind, rihun tayyib. They are farihu biha, they are happy, they're enjoying the travel. And then all of a sudden there come storms and there's waves crashing. And then they turn in sincere dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Da'awullaha mukhlisin ala huddin. They turn to Allah in, in, in supplication. Very sincere, very focused. Most certainly, O oh Allah, we guarantee you, you, you save us from the situation. We will become your loyal servants. But then the situation comes down and they go back to the old ways. So that's the first type of person who when there's a difficult situation, then only remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
The second type of person who only worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he is blessed with happiness and plenty. When everything is going well, then he's enjoying, he's coming to the masjid, he's doing the ibadah. But when disaster strikes, they throw up their hands and he asks, why me? They start questioning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's motives. There are people who worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on an edge. That when there is goodness in their life, then they are reassured. But when they are struck by a disaster and a trial, then they turn their face in the other direction. They have lost both the world and the year after. This person, he uh, believes he is entitled to a life of ease. And any difficulty makes him question his faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the third type of person, the person we should strive to be like, is the person who worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in good times and in bad times. He worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in both ease and difficulty. His faith does not waver. Nabi tells us how wonderful is the affair of a believer, for all his matters are good. And this applies to none but the believer. If something good happens to him, he is thankful and that is good for him. And if something bad happens to him, he bears it with patience and that is good for him. This is a hadith of Muslim. So in good times and in bad times, we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are certain key components to building that state of mind that supports resilience. We can become more resilient when these difficulties come up in our lives. Number one, accept your humanness. Accept your humanness. We accept that we we accept that to show emotion is perfectly acceptable. We don't always have to bury it. The Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala recounts the incident of Nabi of, of Maryam alayhi salam that when she went through the pangs of labor, of giving birth, then she went towards a palm tree. She expressed this emotion, she expressed this, this uh, emotion that she was going through and she said, I wish that I had died before this. I wish that I had been forgotten, I hadn't been in this situation. So when Maryam went to labor, what was the response from the divine court with regards to this expression of her emotion. She was told, or she wasn't told that, uh, why, why, don't, why are you wishing for death? Don't wish for death, or be more patient. Rather she was told, Allah tahzani, don't grieve, don't worry. Qad ja'ala rabbuki tahtaki sariya. There is a stream below you. Then you shake the palm tree, you'll see that ripe fresh dates will fall down. Eat, drink, be content and be calm. We are, as human beings, built with weaknesses, with faults, with flaws. We might not respond correctly initially to that situation, but then we pull ourselves together and we get up and we move on. Doctors tell us that we need to be proactive in these situations. To build our resilience, we need to be proactive. Don't ignore the problems. Don't push them to one side. Figure out what needs to be done. Make a plan and take action. In the case in point, many of these big car companies today, uh, like Toyota, like Porsche, like Honda, look at their success stories that they bounced back and they overcame adversity. In World War II, in the upheaval of World War II, they faced devastation. They had to face the bombing of the Allies. And it was looking unlikely that they would ever recover. But Honda and Toyota, they persevered and they eventually built their companies up. Ferdinand Porsche, he was arrested for war crimes. For 20 months, he was imprisoned. And his son used that opportunity in a small sawmill factory. 
he built the first Porsche 356 and whatever materials he had at hand and that's where the company's success took off. In 1857, in British-occupied India, great ulama like Maulana Qasim Nanotwi, Maulana Rashid Ahmad Gangoi, alayhim, and many other thousands of ulama fought the British under the leadership of Haji Imdadullah at the battlefield of Shamli. By 1858, this jihad was contained at the defeat of Gwalior. The British had defeated the ulama. In the aftermath, 14,000 ulama were executed by the British. In 1861, 300,000 copies of the Noble Quran were burnt. Uh, ulama were sewn into the skins of pigs and hurled into blazing fires. They were branded with hot copper rods. In the Badshahi Masjid of Lahore, 50 or up to 80 ulama a day were executed. They were sent into blazing fires to be burnt alive. This was a seemingly devastating blow to Muslims and Islam. But out of that defeat, Darul Ulum Dioban was born in 1866. Not very long after this defeat, this was a, an adaption by the ulama and it, it was a means of securing the faith and the religion of the subcontinent and went on to become the savior of faith and Islam in the era of colonialism, attacks on Islam and materialism around the world. So that's the first thing that we use that emotion, we express that emotion. And then the second thing is, that we use the intensity of our emotion to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala better, to make that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once you accept your humanness and you stop pushing your emotions away, you can now channel that emotion towards making that connection with Allah azza wa jal. Yaqub alayhi salam, when he suffers the, the loss of his son, then he says, Qala innama ashku bathi wa huzni Allah. I only complain of my suffering and my grief to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Losing a child, this is one of the most heart-wrenching emotions and experiences to go through, especially when there's no closure, such as in a case where a child is kidnapped, when all the doors are closed and all the avenues dry up, turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam loses his pillars of support, his wife, his uncle, he's stoned in taif, and then he says in a most powerful dua, إِنَّمَا أَشْكُوا ضَعْفَ قُوَّتِي وَقِلَّةَ حِيلَتِي وَهَوَانِي عَلَى النَّاسِ Wallah, I only complain to you of my weakness, my scarcity of resources and the humiliation I have been subjected to by the people. So use these tough times to connect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then obviously sustain it in good times. Then when things are going smoothly, we fervently, we sincerely thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nabi Sulaiman alayhi salam was blessed with abundance. What does he say? He makes this dua, Rabbi awzi'ni an ashkura ni'mataka allati an'amta alayya wa ala walidayya. Oh my Lord, give me the power, give me the ability to be grateful to you for the blessing that you have bestowed upon me. Doctors advise that we build strong, positive relationships to get the support we need in good and bad times. Surround yourself with good friends who are also connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then you yourself connect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What better support can you get? Help others in their need. You will gain self-worth and they will empower you to grow in resilience. The next quality which helps us to build our resilience is Rada bin Qadha, to, be, to, to accept whatever situation you are going through currently as something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants for you. Look for the silver lining. Maybe you don't like something but it's good for you. And maybe you like something but it's not good for you. Count your blessings. You will find that even in the darkest times you are blessed with so much. Yusuf and Musa you contrast their stories. There's a lot of par par uh, parallel 
uh, examples in their stories. There's also lots of examples that we can compare between the two. Yusuf alayhi salam, he, his siblings, his brothers, were a means of him becoming separated from his family. Musa alayhi salam, his sibling, his sister, was a means of him becoming reunited with his family. So the, the same thing, these, the same item can be on the one hand a means of benefit and on the other hand it can be a means of harm. Musa alayhi salam, Yusuf alayhi salam is innocent of any uh, crime, yet he's put into jail. Musa alayhi salam, he, he did that particular act, he, he accidentally killed the, the person, yet he was, he was not put into jail, he escaped jail time. Both of these situations, being put into jail and not being put into jail, one ended up being a means of getting into government, Yusuf gets into the government, and Musa becomes a means of toppling the government of Pharaoh. So count your blessings. Uh, this will bring calmness, and uh, when you look for the good and in every situation, you look for the positivity in every situation, it will bring up calmness within your heart. You're accepting the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Harrison Okeni, he was a Nigerian, his boat collapsed or overturned in the sea. He was, he was trapped underwater in, in freezing seawater, uh, 30 meters down for two and a half days, 60 hours, trapped with just a bit of air bubble that he had, air pocket that he had, and just a bottle of coke to sustain him and keep him going. He kept calm in the time. The divers, they came down to retrieve bodies. They thought they were going to be only dead bodies there. But as, he, as they come down, he sees one of them and he grabs him and they realize they need to rescue him but they can't just take him up straight away also because of the time he spent into the water in the water the night nitrogen has uh, been absorbed into his body so he had to be put into a decompression chamber for another two days and then he was eventually taken up what helped him and this is what the what the doctors say what helped him was his sense of calmness and resignation at that particular time Hassan al-Basri at the time of his death as it approaches he said this is the time, this is the moment where we show patience, we surrender to the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Accepting the decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring great calmness and resilience within our life. Finally, make every day meaningful. Whatever I've done today, but if it is the last day of my life, I can have some hope of having a good death and a good grave. Do something that gives you a sense of accomplishment and purpose every day. Obviously, there are other ways to grow that resilience. But the basic thing we need to do is that life's worries, let it wash over you and let it not sweep you away. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to uh, come back. We have, we all have the capacity to come back from disaster and calamity and make a success of our lives. Tonight we'll be looking for the moon of Rajab, 1442, and quite likely that it will be seen uh, at this, from, that means from now, from tomorrow, there'll be two months left for the month of Ramadan. We'll be reading this dua, Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Sha'ban wa billighna Ramadan. O Allah grant us barakah and blessing in the month of Rajab and Sha'ban and allow us to see the blessed month of Ramadan. Wa akhiru da'wana